Aaron, that was beautiful. What if the challenges and storms in our lives are the miracles in disguise? Reminded me as I was listening to Aaron sing that song of the Albert Einstein quote, and I won't say that I'm going to say it word for word, but paraphrase. Uh, And Albert Einstein has told us that we see life either with nothing as being a miracle or everything being a miracle. So what what perspective are we going to hold? Today we are talking miracles as we continue our discussion about taking action to uh, have the courage to imagine a world that works for all beings and to use as our example of how to take action the path of Jesus and uh, look at the many aspects that he showed us. So last week we talked about Jesus the rebel, and today we're talking about Jesus the miracle worker. So how many of you, what, let me start with this. What would you think about when you hear the word miracle? What comes to your mind when you hear the word miracle? Babies. Unex- the unexplainable. Unexpected. Something good. Healing. How many of you believe in miracles? Oh, yeah, look at all those hands go up. How many of you have witnessed a miracle? I love hands just always go up. Okay, how many of you believe you're a miracle worker? Oh, there's a little nervous laughter to that one. Like, oh, yeah, I see miracles. I witnessed miracles. Maybe the miracle worker. I'm not sure. So that's what we're here to talk about today. What does it mean to be a miracle worker? What does it mean to see Jesus on this path as a miracle worker? What does he have to teach us, right? So the word miracle comes from a Latin word, which means object of wonder. That's it. A miracle is an object of wonder. The church added on to that from God, right? And we today tend to think of miracles as something that occurs outside of natural law. comes from the, what we call, supernatural, right? Well, I'm here to tell you that I do not believe in the supernatural. Unity doesn't teach the supernatural. Unity teaches that there is only divine law. And that divine law is only what is unfolding. And so if we experience participate in a miracle, thinking that it is outside of that divine law, I'm going to invite us all to consider again that maybe what it really is, is that we don't understand the law. Think back to 500 years ago. 500 years ago, we're having a conversation with someone talking about how we are going to fly through the sky. And they'll say, you're crazy. Human beings can't fly. What are you talking about? And then we fast forward, right, to where science, the Wright brothers, start to understand those laws that allow us to take flight. So now any of us can get in an airplane and take flight. Supersonic jets that go beyond the speed of sound. Rocket ships that boost off into space. How many of you have seen that image of that Tesla Roadster, right? Heading around the sun. We're talking miracles here. Do you see it? It used to be that science, Newtonian science, was very much 
convinced that the world, this natural world in which we live, was like a machine. And then along came quantum physics. And I have a quote here that I wanted to share with you from one of the early uh, scientists of quantum physics, Niels Bohr's. Find it, there it is. And this is what Niels Bohr's has to say about quantum physics. If quantum mechanics hasn't profoundly shocked you, you haven't understood it yet. Everything we call real is made up of things that cannot be regarded as real. The very scientific laws that help us to understand the circumstances that are unfolding in our lives are being upended by our new understanding of quantum physics, where even we know that these chairs and our bodies and this room is not really solid matter. It's all vibrating energy. 95% of the physical universe science does not understand. 95% of what is out there is what science calls dark matter, black energy. They don't know what it is. So is it possible that what we have defined as a miracle, being outside of the divine laws of nature, is nothing more than something we don't understand? And that in not understanding it, we talk ourselves right out of the experience of the miracle. So I was reading, I'm reading right now, a book by Father Richard Rohr called um, uh, The Mystical Experience of the Everyday Mystic, or something like that. It's called, it's by Father Richard Rohr. And he had a story in there about a walleye. So how many of you are fishermen, right? You go fishing out in Lake Erie for those walleye, right? So Richard Rohr shared this experiment that happened with the walleye, and I'm not one to just accept things, so I had to go look out on the Internet to see if it was true. And I actually found a little YouTube video of the experience, which is a terrible, uh, it was probably made in the 80s or something, 70s. It's a terrible quality, but I'm still going to send it out with our e-blast this week. For those of you that will only believe it if you see it, so you can see it. So this is the experiment. They took a walleye, and they placed the walleye in a big aquarium. And we all know that walleyes, you know, they like to eat those minnows. That's their food. And so when a minnow is introduced into that tank of water, it becomes breakfast or lunch or dinner for that walleye, right? So the experimenters took this big carboy, you know, those water, uh, um, water, glass water containers, and they cut the bottom off of that glass container. And then they took that container and they placed that in the middle of the aquarium. And it filled up with water. And then they took the minnows and they dumped them into that carboy. Right? So now that walleye that was in there saw dinner and went in to attack that minnow and slammed right up against the glass of that carboy. And for the next 24 hours, that walleye kept trying to attack those minnows all different directions, finally realized, I can't get to these minnows, and kind of settled at the bottom of the aquarium. Now, once he did that, the, the experimenters, they removed the carboy. And now the minnows, they were swimming right up to that walleye, right up to his gills, right up to his mouth, right up to his eyes. 
And that walleye never once tried to eat one of those women. And in fact, that walleye died days later of starvation. What has that got to do with miracles? I believe that like that walleye, we have all been conditioned as to what is possible. And for the most part, we have not been conditioned to believe the idea that unity teaches that all things that Jesus taught, all things are possible to him who believes. Perhaps we believed it for a moment, and so we tried to achieve something, and when it didn't happen, we said, well, there you have it. I guess it's not real. I guess this stuff doesn't work. And like that walleye, we're floating in this sea of miraculous substance, unable to even see it, because in our mind we think it's not possible. So what would happen if we pulled off that lens, that perspective that we see life through, that it's not possible, and decided to look again. Could we do miracles like Jesus does? There's a, one of the miracles that he did that's listed on the back of our bulletin here. comes from the Gospel of Matthew. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O men of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? There's another scripture very similar, right? But now not only does he calm the seas, But he walks on the water and invites Peter to come walking out on the water. So how many of you can calm the seas and the wind and the waves and walk on water? Not yet. Good answer, London. Because here's what happens for me. I read about these things, these miracles that Jesus did, walking on water and calming seas and raising the dead and healing people. And I can very easily use those miracles To say, see, I'm not that. Rather than, see, what is possible for me? And like that fish, like that walleye, it depends if I'm going to allow that to be my example of what I can't do. I will never enter into the realm of miracle making. And we all, if, if one has the potential to do it, we all have the potential to do it. Back in 2006, I had this wonderful opportunity to go see the Dalai Lama in Buffalo. He was speaking at the University of Buffalo in their open football stadium, out, out open air. When we left Erie that morning, it was downpouring. I mean, it was raining so hard that as we drove up, we thought, oh, this is going to be fun. We're all going to get wet. I hope we brought our umbrellas. And it rained, and it rained, and it rained the entire trip up to Buffalo. We got there about an hour before the event was to start, and as we parked our car, the rain started slowing down. As we got to the stadium, the rain stopped. All around, it was still cloudy, the rain stopped. When the Dalai Lama came out on the stage, 
We could look all around us on the horizon and there were clouds, but above the stadium, the sun was shining. And the sun shined the entire time that the Dalai Lama was there speaking to us. As we were leaving the stadium, the clouds started gathering again. And by the time we got in our car to drive back to Erie, the rain had started again. We, you and I, have the power within us. Can you believe it? How many of you have had that experience? Some people after first service told me, yeah, I can do that. How many of you can do that? Yeah, Todd's crazy. Do they think I'm crazy? Yes, you can do it. We can all do it. What do you believe? What do you know? What do you know to be true? Unity teaches that we are all one with that divine mind, that divine power, that divine presence that is God. And in that, we can do anything. Jesus, remember, when he performed his miracles, never owned them for himself. What did he say to the woman he healed? Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. What did he say when he was approached about the healing and the miracle working? He said, it's not I, but the Father within me that does the work. Where we get off track is thinking we are doing it. No. We give ourselves over to be channels for that power and presence of God to work through us and as us. And it begins in mind. And again, going back to quantum physics, I want to share with you, this is coming from a a professor at Johns Hopkins University, a physics professor by the name of Richard Con Henry, who has written this paper about the mental universe. The only reality, he said, is mind and observation. But observations are not of things. To see the universe as it really is, we must abandon our tendency to conceptualize observation as things. They are all mental constructs made up in our own mind. And he ends this article with this, which I love. The universe is immaterial, mental, and spiritual. Live and enjoy. If you want to become a miracle worker, you've got to become aware in your own mind of every idea that you hold that is out of alignment with the truth of what you are. What did Jesus say to the disciples? Oh, you of little faith? Unity teaches that faith is the perceiving power of our mind. So we just need to pay attention to how am I perceiving here? What thought am I holding? What thought form is now creating the world that I'm experiencing? Can I recognize and realize that I am capable of miracles and that indeed miracles are unfolding constantly around me? We want to give um, weight to miracles, right? We want to say, well, walking on water, that's a miracle. Moving the clouds aside, eh. Right? We want to order miracles, and then we miss it when ones that we would declare aren't so, so much are happening all around us. Of course, in miracles, I love in A Course in Miracles, right in the beginning, it's like there's no order to miracles. A miracle is a miracle. A miracle occurs, the Course tells us, when we need a call for love with love. 
When we show up as love in any moment and be that love, a miracle occurs. Healings occur. Life is resurrected. How many of you have ever heard of Anita Morjani? Yeah, there's a few hands. So Anita Morjani was diagnosed with lymphoma and for four years battled this lymphoma. Had um, gone down in weight to like 80-some pounds. And she went into a coma. And her husband took her to the hospital. At the hospital, her husband was told that she only had hours to live because her body was shutting down. Her organs were shutting down. People don't recover from that. During the time that Anita was in this coma, she had a near-death experience. And in this near-death experience, what she heard from the wisdom of divine mind is that heaven and hell are not literal places of being, but are states of being. And that we are all here on this earth to fulfill one purpose, and that is to be ourselves and to share unconditional love. That was the message. You are here to love. You're here to be who you are, to love. That's where the miracle takes place. So Anita Morjani woke she had a she she got to make a choice and she tells the story. She could choose to continue on in this journey on the other side, or she could come back into this body. And she chose to come back. And within days, her cancer healed. She is perfectly whole and healthy today. And she goes around speaking of this experience, sharing this message. We are here to love one another. A miracle takes place every time we love one another. You and I are miracle makers. We are miracle workers. Like the disciples, we just need to get aware of where have we lost touch of that oneness with God. Where have we lost touch of who we are in truth? Many of you have picked up, and there's a few more on the table, our booklet that we're reading for Lent, Keep It Through Lent. And the one that spoke to me about this this week was yesterday's. It was on the power of power. And it says, I use my spiritual power to command my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. I can do all things through divine power at work in me. That's a miracle-making statement right there. Can you believe it? Can you believe that you are a miracle worker? Well, we get to practice it this week. How many of you are willing to practice it? I want to be a miracle worker. Yeah. You didn't see all the hands go up. <laughs> all right, so here's our practice. It's on the back of your bulletin. Over the next week, recognize the miracles in your life. They're occurring all around us. Imagine those minnows swimming by the fish unrecognized, right? The miracles are there, folks. Recognize them. When you find yourself in turmoil in mind over some situation, do you turn to the divine power within, or are you like those disciples hovering in the boat in fear with no faith? Faith is our ability to perceive in truth. So, do you turn to the divine power within and allow the miracle waves of peace to calm the storm of your mind? When you're experiencing a situation of lack, do you turn to your inner reality, center in your authentic power, and claim the truth beyond appearances? When you have 
turned to your highest self? Where have you turned to your highest self and found new life in the midst of depression, anger, bitterness, betrayal, jealousy, hurt, unforgiveness, your choice? A miracle occurs when you meet that moment with grace and with love, remembering who you are. That same Christ spirit that was in Jesus is in you and me. Will you affirm that with me? That same Christ spirit that was in Jesus is in me. Together. That same Christ spirit that was in Jesus is in me. One more time. That same Christ spirit that was in Jesus is in me. Those are miracle-working words. Live that. Know your power and see the miracles everywhere. Remembering that as Aaron's talking about, in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of whatever it is, the miracle is there. Open your eyes. Don't be like that, Lala. All right? God bless.